Hi everybody, welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Dr. Jolene Hears from the University of Brussels and also from the University of Edinburgh where she's working on a PhD with Professor Mark Dweck. She has recently published an education in heart piece all about CT imaging of aortic stenosis and we have a great discussion all about the indications and guidelines for doing this test which is becoming increasingly important particularly in the TAVI era. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Jolene Hears, who is working in Edinburgh, and she's going to join me to discuss an education in heart piece that she's just published, which is called CT Imaging of Patients with Native and Prosthetic Aortic Valve Stenosis. Jolene, maybe you can start off by having you introduce yourself for the heart audience. Um, what do you do? Where do you work? And uh, what do you do there? Yes, uh, first of all, I want to thank you, James, for the invitation. It is a real pleasure for me to be here and to be part of the Heart Podcast. So my name is Jolien Geers. I'm a cardiology trainee and PhD student at the University of Brussels in Belgium. And I'm currently doing a clinical research fellowship at the University of Edinburgh. My research is on multimodality cardiovascular imaging with the main focus on arctic valve disease. Perfect. And you've just written a paper with Dr. Rong Bing uh, as well, which I just uh, mentioned in the introduction. It's all about CT imaging um, for aortic uh, valve disease, specifically aortic stenosis. Um, what prompted you to write the paper, Pauline? Why is the issue important and, and what's already known? Yes, so arctic stenosis is a very common condition. It is the most prevalent form of valve disease in the Western world. And it is associated with major morbidity, mortality, and healthcare costs. But although it is so prevalent and a familiar disease entity, there are still a lot of unresolved questions that can make optimal diagnosis, management, and follow-up of some patients challenging. Lately, cardiac computer tomography, or cardiac CT, has become an important and very useful tool in cardiology, given its excellent spatial resolution, low radiation dose, and widespread availability. And in patients with arctic stenosis, CT can be very useful and can improve diagnosis and follow-up of those patients. Therefore, with this education in heart piece, we wanted to provide the reader with an overview when CT can be helpful when evaluating patients with arctic stenosis, considering at each stage the advantages and disadvantages of CT and the relevant evidence base. Perfect. And um, should we start off with non-contrast CT and looking at native aortic valve disease? There's a section at the beginning of your paper which talks about do we really need another test? We have of course, echocardiography for assessing aortic stenosis. But which are the patient groups where you think uh, using CT can be helpful in native aortic stenosis? Where does echo not give us all the information we need? The identification of severe aortic stenosis is essential because in those patients with symptoms, this diagnosis often triggers major cardiac surgery and aortic valve replacements. And um, as you already mentioned, echocardiography remains the first time line imaging modality for grading the aortic stenosis severity. And this is based upon valve hemodynamics using the measurement of aortic valve peak velocity, mean gradient, and aortic valve area. 
But however, in up to one third of patients, these echocardiographic measurements are discordant, creating confusion about the true disease severity and difficulties in clinical decision-making. And it is in this context that the computed tomography aortic valve calcium score provides an alternative assessment of the disease severity with the advantage that it provides an anatomical quantitative measure of valvular calcium, which is independent of loading conditions and hemodynamic influences. The CT aortic valve calcium score is widely available. It is easy to perform. It requires no contrast, so no vascular access. It involves only low radiation exposure, and it is nowadays recommended in the latest guidelines to help determine disease severity in those patients with uh, discordant echocardiography. And the appreciation that men and women have different amounts of calcium for the same degree of stenosis severity has led to the identification of sex-specific Agaston unit thresholds to diagnose severe aortic stenosis, namely 2,000 uh, for men and 1,200 for women. And moreover, the aortic valve calcium burden quantified by CT is also a powerful predictor of disease progression and of the development of clinical events such as uh, aortic valve replacement and deaths. So it also provides uh, prognostic information. Okay, so you're not saying that we need to use it in every case, um, but only where there's discordance between some of the echo parameters. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and we have the nice thresholds, as you say, so 1,200 in women, uh, Agatston units, and anything above that uh, implies severe aortic stenosis, and in males, anything above 2,000 yes. implies severe aortic stenosis. Okay, that, that makes sense to me. Um, what about adding contrast to an aortic valve CT scan? So again, this is in native aortic valve disease. When is contrast um, helpful to add to the scan? Um, the administration of contrast permits much greater anatomical definition and has, therefore, multiple applications. So first of all, an ECG-gated contrast-enhanced CT scan can accurately define the aortic valve morphology, something uh, that is not possible on a non-contrast scan. CT angiography can identify uh, bicuspid aortic valve phenotypes, but it can also be used to assess dimensions and morphology of the aorta, and for example, it can uh, determine the presence of aortic dilatation or coarctation. Furthermore, a contrast CT can be used to measure the left ventricle outflow tract or LVOT area. And when using this CT measurement into the continuity equation, a hybrid aortic valve area can be obtained. And this can be useful in some patients, for example, when there is poor echocardiographic visualization or in whom there is doubt about the LVOT um, diameter measured by echocardiography for any reason. Another advantage of contrast CT is that it allows visualization and quantification of the fibrotic valve thickening, uh, which is next to calcium, also an important component of aortic stenosis, particularly in women and in patients with bicuspid valves. And this is something that cannot be assessed on a non-contrast CT. And currently, um, there are studies ongoing that look at this uh, in more detail. And um, let's move on a little bit in the natural history of the disease. So say we have a patient and we've decided we want to perform a TAVI uh, on a patient with aortic stenosis. What's the role of 
of CT imaging before intervention, do you think? This is actually a very important indication. Cardiac CT is uh, the gold standard for procedural planning of various cardiac structural interventions with its most prevalent role in, a, in the planning of transcatheter aortic valve implantation, so in TAVI. Um, several anatomical and technical criteria must be considered to maximize procedural success, and therefore CT should be a fully integrated component of every uh, TAVI workup. Some of the aspects that are important to assess and to look at on a pre-TAVI CT are the aortic valve anatomy, the annulus size and shape, extent and distribution of valvular but also vascular calcification, the risk of coronary artery obstruction, aortic root dimensions, optimal fluoroscopic projection angle for valve deployment, and of course also feasibility of vascular access. Also, a CT angiography before TAVI can be used to evaluate the coronary arteries and to exclude uh, obstructive coronary artery disease, thereby reducing the need for invasive angiography. Perfect. And what about after TAVI has happened? When the valve is implanted, um, I'm assuming we don't have routine CT valve follow-up, but what are the situations where CT might be useful of a tavi valve, as it were? Yes, uh, the number of prosthetic valve implantations performed worldwide is increasing due to the aging population and the lack of suitable medical therapies. And an inevitable byproduct is, of course, also an elevated incidence of prosthetic valve complications and dysfunction. And to date, echocardiography remains the first-time modality to assess uh, prosthetic valve function, but this is often challenging, and CT can help by providing complementary anatomical information. And then in particularly, it is well-placed to diagnose valve thrombosis and punish formation. The valve thrombosis or leaflet thrombosis or HALT, uh, which stands for hypoattenuated leaflet thickening, is defined as evidence of one or more leaflets with hypoattenuated thickening identifiable in at least two different CT projections. The detection of HALT should prompt assessment of leaflet motion on four-dimensional volume-rendered CT views to determine if it is accompanied by restricted leaflet motion or even leaflet immobility. So as already mentioned, another disease entity that is often seen in prosthetic valves is panus formation or excessive fibrosis on or around the prosthetic valve ring. And CT can help in differentiating panus from a leaflet thrombus, which is important since both require a different treatment strategy. For example, measuring the CT attenuation can aid in distinguishing both entities as thrombus appear to have lower attenuation values compared to panus. I think that summarizes it really well. And Holine, can you tell us a little bit about what the guidelines tell us about where we should be using CT in aortic stenosis in the various scenarios? You've already alluded to it, but are you able to summarize for the listeners uh, what the guidelines tell us we should be doing? Yes, of course. So the recent European and American guidelines have suggested the use of CT for the assessment of patients with discordant echocardiographic measurements. So they suggest to add the CT aortic valve calcium score into the diagnostic workup um, of those patients, so with discordant grading, to help determine the true um, disease severity. 
And as I have already mentioned, it is recommended to use sex-specific thresholds, which are 2,000 in men and 1,200 in women. CT angiography is also the preferred and recommended imaging modality prior to TAVI to evaluate patient suitability and for pre-procedural planning. And as already said, to date, echocardiography remains the first-line imaging modality to assess and follow up prosthetic, prosthetic valve function, but the guidelines suggest the use of CT to provide additional information if valve thrombus or panus are suspected. Perfect. That's a really nice um, summary, Helene. And I, I will make the paper open access um, if it's not already, so everybody can can read it. There's some really nice um, figures in there and uh, flowcharts showing you the uh, the way that CT could and should be used uh, in various combinations of aortic stenosis pre and post intervention. And I just want to finish by thanking you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you.